0: Welcome to Hillhurst United Church, the podcast. We're really glad you're here. Whoever you are, wherever you're at, join us on the journey.
1: Good morning, everyone. Look who I have with me. Finally, a long awaited arrival of Andrea Irwin. Uh, We are in downtown Calgary, a beautiful uh, winter day. It's, I don't know, and since you've been here, it's gone from minus 39 to plus 10. And look at you, you're wonderfully welcomed in Calgary. (laughs)
0: I won't say it's been a warm welcome, but it's been a welcome.
1: (laughs) It's a a dry cold here. That's right, it's a dry cold. Dry cold. I just want to say as we begin, thank you so much for your emails and uh, support as I move through my uh, getting better phase. I'm doing, uh, my doctor says, do things like walk, uh, have fun, and simplicity. So those all fit today because we're going to be walking about. And here we are uh, in front of uh, the device to root out evil. Uh, this this uh, upside down church, we're just gonna call it, was in yeah. Vancouver. It was. And it got here before you. You didn't bring it with you.
0: I did not, a bit too heavy.
1: Yeah, but we thought it was such a wonderful place to begin this conversation with uh, Andrea, our new minister here, uh, because Hillhurst United Church has a reputation for being a little bit upside down. Never heard that before. Never heard that before. We tend to take things over and dump them and see what's there. And we're so glad that you're joining us uh, at you. Hillhurst. And Eugene as well, her French bulldog, is like the best thing ever.
0: His hair is on my coat. <laughs>
1: yeah, he, he goes with us everywhere. So Andrea, you said yes to come to this upside down church in this upside down city at Hillhurst United Church. The, the first question I got to say is like, why?
0: <laughs> it's an important, question. an important question. I We've only worked together for about a week now. Yeah. And I don't know if you've picked up on this yet, but I'm... I'm a bit of a weird individual. I don't, you know, I don't like to go with the (laughs) grain. I kind of like to be the black sheep. I like to do things a little differently. I have to stand out. So this church to me, (laughs) I is it too soon to say that you're weird?
1: Weird and black sheep and upside down. Pretty good. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah. So this church to me, I have just seen you be yourselves in the world for as long as I've been a member of the United Church. Hillhurst has been Hillhurst in the world and like attracts like I've seen you, you know, do things with the guidance of the spirit in a way that no other community has. I have seen you stand up when others have stayed seated. I've seen you stay closed when others have opened. I've seen you be loud when others have been silent, be, you know, righteously indignant when other people have just been too timid to say anything. And I think that is the best kind of weird. I don't, I don't want to be normal if that's what it's all about.
1: Good. We're black sheep upside down. That's Hillhurst. That's and, Hillhurst. And if that's the you, new vision statement, yeah, I don't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Forget the values. That's who we are. Yeah. Well, we're so glad to start our conversation here uh, from downtown. We're gonna. I thought, you know, Andrew needs to know that one of the things we do so well as uh, you know, as a community is walk, as engage in the city and in public places. So we're gonna go on a short walk back to Hillhurst. Uh, so stick with us as we go. We're beginning at the upside down church. And is pointing us to walk. This way. Okay. So we've skated our way to this bench. Uh, Slip and slide. Yeah, exactly. That's one of the things you've got to be careful about in this city. Noted. We're here in front of the Simmons Building. Got a great rooftop patio. Not open right now, but will be. Uh, We're on the bow. Great river that people enjoy floating down, swimming down, uh, paddling down. Super fun. That's Great. that's to be in the future. A few months. Yeah, few, a few months. months yeah. No. Not long. But here we are. Yeah. And it's Sunday morning, so we better talk church, hey? I, it's a good uh, maybe idea. Maybe even throw in some Bible. One of the things uh, I've noticed uh, is is uh, people. some people carry a Bible. Yeah. Some people use a Bible on their phone. Other people have it on their skin, which would be you. Uh, <laughs> I noticed the other day on your wrist, I said, what's yeah. that? And you told me about it. So tell folks about it.
0: Yes. So I have a tattoo on my wrist. That is my, I call it my secret code for my favorite Bible verse. Uh, Funny story. I actually heard a sermon preached with this as a title. And as soon as the sermon ended, it moved me so deeply that I went to a walk-in tattoo parlor and got it on my skin. So careful what you preach, it could turn (laughs) into a tattoo. Buffalo is going to be across (laughs) the arms of so many people, John. (laughs) So what is it? So this tattoo is a secret code for my favorite verse in the Gospel of Luke. And it is the call story, the first call story of the first disciples. And this story is one of the very few stories that's actually featured in all four Gospels. They tell it a little differently, but Luke is my favorite for a reason. So we have Jesus. He is teaching on the shores of the Gennesaret. And I. I like to speculate with what goes through Jesus's mind. It's called a fact I made up. I have a lot of those I'll always disclaim. Um, But this is the Andrea Irwin translation. So Jesus is teaching, the crowds are pressing in on him and he gets a little (laughs) exasperated maybe. He sees a boat out on the water and he's like, I'm gonna go and get in that boat. So Jesus goes out and in the boat is Simon and his brother Andrew and they have been fishing all night and I'm sure their faces just show their disappointment. You put in a long day of work and you have nothing to show for it. These gentlemen had no fish whatsoever and Jesus comes on board and before turning around and continuing his teaching to the people on the shores, he says to the two fishermen, throw down your nets, cast down your nets. And they kind of look at him and I can just imagine how frustrated they, like you with Ann, John, maybe, how frustrated <laughs> they must be with this direction. And one of them looks to Jesus and says, you know, we've been fishing all night. We've caught absolutely nothing. I don't know what makes you think that us throwing down the nets again is gonna do anything differently, but because you say, so I will. And he throws the net down over the side of the boat. And when they pull it up, there are so many fish. the boat almost begins to fill with water and that is the story of how they decided to start following jesus for the first time and there's a sentence in that particular version of the reading because you say so i will and on my arm is written b-y-s-s-i-w because you say so i will because you say this i will trust you because i have witnessed you here i will follow because you say so i will and that is. Really a great, uh, a great story for me and my own personal call. But one, uh, this is one of the ways that I just have that permanent reminder with me all the time.
1: You know what's neat? I didn't know, I did not know that until oh. just this now. What's so interesting to me is, uh, two things. One, mm-hmm. that story is the John story, John 21. Yes. Which is the basis of fishing, fishing tips, tips book. Where there's the fish count in that uh, story in John's gospel. is 153 fish were mm-hmm. counted by the accountant who was on the boat. And 153, he added all up as nine, which became the nine tips yeah. for fishing tips, yeah. which is part of that story. The other is, uh, you said, I will. Yeah. And last week I was talking about we will. We will. Uh, so I had no idea but that that mm-hmm. was that story yeah. from that gospel. So, you know, one of the things about the Bible is it's, I think it's all about call. If you if you look at the people all the way along the story, they're all called in some yeah. way, whether it's Abraham and Sarah, uh, uh, Moses, David, uh, Esther, mm-hmm. Ruth, all the way yeah. through. Uh, everyone experiences, I believe, a sense of call about mm-hmm. who they are, what we're called to be, who we're called to be. Uh, and so, when I think about that, and you're you're coming here, what how does call fit into this? Because people will uh, have a sense that what is my calling when you think mm-hmm. about your call how does call work for you yeah in your life and your spiritual journey
0: i've had a complicated relationship with the word call because I think when I was younger, I assumed that call meant you had to have this burning bush moment or you had to hear God's voice. And, and I remember being, you know, in my early twenties, kind of, what do I want to do with my life? Um, I remember being a little bit angry that I hadn't had an experience like that. And what I realized, so something, you know, nothing about John, I am a PK. I'm a preacher's kid. (laughs) My dad was an Anglican priest. And if you know anything about preacher's kids, there's kind of, well, they go one of two directions. You have the typical halo preacher's kid and you have the other preacher's kid that goes, you know, the other direction and I was the other direction. So working for the church was not something that ever crossed my mind. It wasn't something that I I desired for myself. It wasn't something I felt any sort of sense of gravitational pull towards. And so I joke, of course, growing up in the church, you have people wanting you around. You have people saying, oh, you should get more involved in this. You have the voluntold. We hear all the time in the church, you've been voluntold to do something. And I experienced a lot of that. But I didn't take that to mean call. And as I got older, what I realized, the joke that I tell people, is that the phone was always ringing. I just got so annoyed one day, that I actually answered it. And call for me, I've come to recognize as the wisdom and the voices of the people around me pointing to certain gifts saying, this is how you best serve people. And this is how I best see the divine in you. This is where you radiate. This is where you come alive. And this is what has made a difference in other people's lives. I haven't heard that directly from God, but I have heard that time and time again from a community of God's people around me. And that's really how I experienced call. That's how I, you know, started working for the church was a literal phone call from someone who I really respected saying, we have a job and we think you'd be great at it. When I, uh, when I started seminary, it was the same thing. It was a phone call from someone who I really respected saying, Hey, uh, what's the harm? Like you should go. When I started seminary, it was, Hey, you know, have you ever thought about ordination? And it's been one person after another, literally calling me to uh, to something greater than myself. So call for me has very much been um, a community effort.
1: Well, you know, what's neat in that is that uh, I think we're called again and again and again, right? Yeah. It's not. It's rarely, unless you're Paul, uh, you know, the sky's opening and, and blinded mm-hmm. by the light, mm-hmm. if you will. That's right. Uh, it, For some it is. And I, and I honor that, that Mm. miraculous, sometimes it's a nudge or a poke or an annoyance. (laughs) Uh, and we sometimes stick our heels in. And I think what you're sort of suggesting is there was many different calls along the way, Mm -hmm. uh, that sometimes we resist and perhaps Mm -hmm. eventually discover it was the right thing to do.
0: Yeah.
1: So call for you has been sort of a ongoing process.
0: It has been. And I think that I, I do think, like you said, that we are called to things over and over again. And oftentimes we are called to move on from places. I have, um, I have another tattoo on my other wrist. <laughs> Apparently I need a lot of notes to self. I don't know what this is How about. How many limbs do you this have? One, <laughs> that's right. I'm running out. Uh, this one simply says yes on it. And yes for me, I actually, I also love acronyms. So the fact that we're doing rain this week is really exciting. Um, yes to me stands for you embody spirit. And I honestly believe that there is a divine presence that is pulling each and every one of us and that we can sense that in our bodies. And one of my experiences, I remember having a conversation, maybe last year, it was in the pandemic with a colleague of mine and uh, Reverend Peter Short, an ex-moderator of the United Church. And one of the things that he said that I will never forget was that sometimes our soul moves on without us and beckons to us to come and join it. And I have experienced in my lifetimes when it has felt like the spirit maybe has has left my body. Maybe that's when, you know, I've experienced complacency or uh, resentment. Maybe that's a numbness. Maybe things aren't feeling fresh anymore. Maybe the, the inspiration is gone. The wind is out of my sails, for example. Um, and that's when I, I think of what what Peter Short says, and and I feel like my soul has has left my body, and it is my job to go and find where it has gone. And mm-hmm. it is always beckoning, and my body, my body always leads me back home to it.
1: Maybe that's what they mean by an out of body experience. Ah. <laughs> Your soul, maybe your soul. i haven't oh, yeah.
0: levitated yet but but maybe that's not what it's about
1: yeah no i love that i mean i could we talk lots about soul yeah are we soul do we have a soul yeah. does our soul lead us and call us yeah uh i think that's mm-hmm. i think that's true I, and uh there's a truth to it that we eventually follow
0: yeah eventually Eventually, whether it's annoyance yeah. or otherwise.
1: We can be annoyed into a call, I think so.
0: Absolutely. And
1: and I think sometimes just a sense of...
0: I wasn't annoyed into this call. Yeah, yeah. Let me just put that disclaimer out there.
1: <laughs> Even minus 39 hasn't that. annoyed you. You still smiled. I couldn't believe it. Mister, It was frozen. Well, I think calls are such an important thing to think about. It's not just ministers that do call. I think we're all called.
0: Absolutely. And I think call is where we where our gifts are best of service to the community around us. So we talk about people having purpose in this world. And and I think that you can be called to be an artist. I think you can be called to lay bricks. I think you can be called to build anything beautifully, but it is how is what you are doing serving the wider community, serving the world around you and therefore serving God.
1: I got to tell you this past week. I mean, I saw a call in the healthcare workers oh, whether yeah. you know whether it was the porter. Yeah. Uh whether it was the person pushing me around, uh whether it was the nurse or doctor, yeah. uh, and and even people at Seven Eleven, I I really think we have to honor and lift up mm-hmm. the fact that we're all called in many different ways, mm-hmm. and uh, we're delighted that you answered the call uh, to you. be here among us Thank in you. our upside down, frigid world. <laughs> uh, so let's let's move along the way. Let's okay. This way. This way. Okay. So we've been you know talking about spiritual journey. We've been journeying to this place, we have. and indeed life is that. I was thinking you know. All of us have highs and lows in our spiritual journey. When you think about that, Mm -hmm. what was maybe a low or a high along your way?
0: Yeah. So uh, you're the first person to ever ask me that question. Surprisingly, actually. Um, I a low for me. So in my early 20s, I left the church. And something that it's important for you as a colleague in this community to know about me is that I am absolutely a feeler. I love to emote. um, I love to express the way that I'm feeling, whether that's crying, whether that's dancing, whether that's laughing. I'm a huge laugher. Um, So when I stop feeling things, that is an indication to me that something is really wrong in my life and and kind of with my heart and in my spiritual life. And when I left the church, I think I realized, um, I'm a cradle Christian. I grew up in the church, and so these stories were just a part of who I was. I never asked a single question about about this guy we called Jesus. I never asked a question about God. I never had any doubts because this was just a fluency that I had. And when I realized that this story didn't feel special it wasn't making me feel anything i left the church and that would be a low for me and my spiritual journey and kind of getting to a higher ground than that um has really been a journey of re-enchanting myself to the christian faith i uh, this is weird stuff that we believe in um and there are no answers. And the fact that I could be numb to all of that for the majority of my growing years was startling and disappointing to me. And so the journey back towards kind of this reenchantment um, and just allowing myself to be surprised and awed by these things that we we talk about and and the stories that we read and the experiences that people have um, has been what that journey has been
1: all about for me. So, so, so that re-enchantment creates a high, if you will.
0: It does. Like I, I, um, I feel God's presence in my life again, and I don't know that it was ever missing, but I. I wasn't paying any attention to it whatsoever. I will say, however, just a year ago, al- almost a year ago, I was ordained. Um, what is time anymore? It was definitely only five months ago. <laughs> uh, and the feeling of standing up there with my mother and with my mentor, Reverend Deb Bowman, um having their hands laid on me as I was ordained and this responsibility being kind of bestowed on me and being prayed over. That was, I never thought up until the night before I was ordained, I wasn't sure that I was going to be ordained. And that was definitely a high for me. I stood up a different person.
1: You know, as you say that, I remember in 88, my ordination, I can still occasionally feel the the weight. of. They were hands. heavy. Yeah, I was shoulders. shocked. Yeah. yeah. It's a that's why the laying on of hands is such an important part of our baptismal rite. Yes. You know, the touch of that, and sometimes you feel the weight uh, that is both, both burden and joy of, of that. It's a so, great way
0: to put it: burden and joy.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, well, we're going to uh, we're going to walk uh, over to the church through uh, the Peace Bridge. Nice. And uh, we'll we'll meet and back at the church. Great. All right. Let's do it. Let's go. Okay, so here we are. We've uh, made our way along the boat, and we're at Hillhurst United Church. Some people uh, call this their home, like yeah. a spiritual home, a uh, place where they feel at home, and I think, you know, theologically and spiritually feel at home in, the, mm-hmm. in their souls here. Um, one of the things that's really important to us is uh, music. Yeah. So I was thinking about this. What what we try to bring sort of cultural music and then sacred music, if they're all sacred, but church music we'll say. Mm-hmm. What's that what's one of your favorite songs that's not in a hymnal?
0: Oh, one of my favorite secular pieces. So I'm a huge Bruce Springsteen fan, and I have always dreamt, oh, I don't know if I should play my card this soon. I've always dreamt of using Bruce Springsteen, The Rising, in an Easter service. I don't know if you know the story behind this song, but the story is written about all of the emergency workers, all the firefighters ascending the Twin Towers after they were hit when everyone else was trying to leave the Twin Towers. And this, it's got beautiful theological imagery in it. It's a rock tune because it's Bruce, and it just, oh, it makes me feel all all the things.
1: Nice. I mm-hmm. saw him in concert in 1981. You weren't born. You I, was, weren't born. I
0: was not born. <laughs> He's on my bucket list. There you go. In yeah.
1: Montreal, I saw him. Yeah. Wow. Excellent. Awesome. Mine would be uh, five for fighting uh, Superman, but that's another story. <laughs> so what about uh, your heart song? Like we have some piece of music that just stir our heart, awaken us. Yeah. Uh, what, what's your heart song?
0: So there's a piece of music. I didn't realize it was in our more Voices hymnal. I heard it when I was probably 10 years old, I snuck out of my regular Wednesday night Anglican youth group and went to the Catholic youth group down the street. So rebellious, so rebellious, (laughs) a lot of stories about that. And I heard a piece of music played at the front of the sanctuary amidst all of the smells and bells. It was better as one day. Uh, the artist was Matt Redman, I think, who originally recorded it, but they had this group that was playing it. And it was the first time that I heard a piece of church music surround me in a place where I had chosen to be. And it really just made me feel. I've already talked about how much I love to feel. And this piece of music for me today is a reminder that wherever i'm at on my journey if i stop and sit in the presence of god if i stop and try and remind myself to watch for god in the world around me um i i feel like i've come home wherever i am even if it's not a physical space that i that i remember if it's here where i am brand new and have already started to feel so much at home this recognition that god that spirit is present um that's home for me. And this song reminds me of that.
1: Nice. Yeah, I don't know who said it, but I think God wants to come alive in our bodies mm-hmm. and uh, body, mind, spirit. So welcome home to this church. Welcome to our community as you begin your ministry yes. with us. We are so glad you're here. Welcome home.
0: Thank you so much. Peace to you. Thanks so much for tuning in to Hillhurst United Church, the podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode and are thinking about someone who might enjoy it too, we invite you to send it their way and help the podcast grow. We're really glad you're here and we'd love to know what you thought about today's sermon. Leave us a review in iTunes or send us an email at communications at hillhurstunited.com. We'd love to hear from you.